0: Did you see Bonnie Henry release the new? Like, the lockdown? rules? Bonnie Henry's guy just sexy fun? No, like, BC's in a state of emergency. Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figured. We yeah. have like, 114 cases now. Oh
1: shit.
0: Yeah, like, it's getting worse here, too. Which
1: I didn't know. On the island? Yep. Yeah. Oh, fucking island. I know. One,
0: well, that Hannah freaked me out today, because she was like, well, what if we can't get home? And I was like... Oh shit! I don't know. Fuck me. That's fair for Christmas. Yeah. And she was like, "What if they cancel flights?" Yeah. And I was like, "Why would you say that?" Yeah. I was like, "Don't bring that energy into my life." That's what I'm saying. Away with that shit. Man. I don't want to hear that. Well, I was like, "I guess I'll just drive." And she's like, "That's like a death wish." And I was like, "Yeah." Well. She told her to shut the fuck up. I was like. <laughs> Your drive also is only 8 hours, mine is 13. Yeah, just shut up, Ada. then yeah. I was like... Leave it alone. That's what I would say. Yeah, when I was like, it's also like Christmas, So, But I understand her's more, because she only comes home for like 4 days.
1: Yeah, that's true. And so I've seen, like, a lot of grabbing for 4 days. No. <laughs>
0: what to finish the dishes and then turn that off You mind putting that in headphones? Sorry, it's just like a minute to seven.
1: We don't have to apologize for that.
0: Okay, she's here.
1: hello hello madeline how are you i'm good how are you
0: i'm great it's it's nice to meet you
1: (laughs) yeah it's always different isn't it yeah (laughs) but especially today with the new restrictions on how we can human to human contact so
0: yeah i hadn't looked super close at the statement but it changed gatherings, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, You know, you can't allow anybody into your home that's not in your home.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, but you're (laughs) you're in my home. This is my office.
0: (laughs) Well, this is my dining room, which is also my kitchen and living room, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for uh, doing this, and I'm so glad that Alina sort of put us in contact and
1: she's uh she's a very special young woman
0: yeah she's amazing yes Um, so you guys met through cic yes yeah
1: uh she sat next to me at one lunch and we started talking because um in my many iterations ago i was the um person who worked for the canadian consulate trade office in cincinnati and um we got a call one day asking for somebody to come up to Dayton to write to Patterson Air Force Base to Wright State University and uh, talk through and brief these kids who were going to represent Canada at the Model UN in New York City, and they were representing Canada. And I said, all right. So <clears throat> these are kids whose parents were in the military and they had lived all around the world. And you know, they knew more than I knew about Canada. They just amazed me. And I became friends with their professor to this day. She's still trying hard in Ohio. It's a hard thing to do. And they came in first place oh, in wow. Canada. They were Yankee kids. <laughs> so I remembered that when I met with Alina. And um, she was, far ahead of where I would have been at that age.
0: Yeah, she's very impressive. (laughs) She's always hard to keep up with the amount of things that she's in and doing and has done.
1: (laughs) Even now, even now. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so is there any sort of like questions you have for me before we sort of get started? Um, Like I said, this part of the video, I'll probably just sort of cut out just and then start at the beginning of The official
1: interview. Well, I'd like to talk about Alina and how uh, we found each other because I think, um, you know, I'm an old baby boomer and we did not have a a, a smooth sail. Nobody. No, many women did not. But that first year was um, You know, I was in law school and I'll tell you that was really, really tough and you don't need to include this, but the guy who taught contracts. Look him up, his name was Mo Saichuk. He failed several of us. He um, hated women. He stabbed his wife, killed her, went to jail. Um, At some point, I guess he was on good behavior. He wanted to be let out and to be allowed back into the Law Society of Alberta. And finally they said, no, I don't think so. But um, that's what life was like back then. Wow! Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and that was um, two years ahead of us was Beverly McLaughlin. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she had nothing to do with us. Her jackets and you know, I I looked up her biography to see if she mentioned much about us because she would have been in the group of women who were two or three years older than us and much more better behaved I would say than we were.
0: <laughs> and you went to UV, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm also Calgary born and raised, but Are you? I am.
1: Whereabouts?
0: Um I was raised over in like the Hidden Valley Panorama. Oh yeah. Sort of area. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm just out here for university, but
1: And you're doing graduate work, are you or
0: no, I'm actually still in my undergrad program. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm in a biology degree,
1: actually. <laughs> so that's good. You'll get a job.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a hot commodity right now. So good. Yeah, <laughs> it's something I never really thought about before I started, and then was sort of a a bonus. <laughs> what <laughs> I
1: uh, what high school did you go to? Notre Dame is that in calgary
0: yeah it opened 11 years ago now so Mm -hmm. like relatively new um it's near crescent heights it's like the catholic oh yes near crescent heights yeah um so yeah it's been
1: i went to saint francis when it was saint francis girls oh boys Yeah. (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) yeah this the gyms are still Obviously they have the orange and the brown gym, but would have been the- Yeah, yeah.
1: No, um, In the first in grade 11, I don't think we, we might've had a couple of guys in Latin with us. Right. (laughs) Lunch hours. Oh, wow. In grade 12, we had the same lunch hours. Yes, it was really- (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it's a long time ago and it seems like centuries ago. But now at St. Francis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, it's a great school. We played uh, Notre Dame, we're like sport rivals of Francis. Did so, you? No
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: so we spent lots of time at St. Francis, and it's a great school.
1: Yeah. my, You know who I'm still very good friends with is my homeroom teacher from grade 11. Really? Yes she was a role model you want to talk about and she was we didn't have i mean the other i think in um in grade 10 i had to go over to saint mary's you know mm-hmm. St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and that was like two bus rides getting oh. over there because from where i lived in uh in hillhurst mm. you had to get one bus get a downtown calgary and then the other one over to oh uh, yeah yeah it was a. Uh, you know, who had a car, and um, <clears throat> these would be the faithful companions of Jesus, they were very, a very con- strict order, yes. and there were a lot of young women who were there just right out of university, and I had a couple, <clears throat> and then, in grade 11, of course, there, the, there were too many baby boomers, so they built St. Francis, <laughs> and all these wonderful young women who had been at St. Mary's came over,
0: St. Francis. Oh. So
1: we only had two nuns and they were incredible. Uh, they were um, Ursulines and the rest of them were like young women you could aspire to. That's so great. And that was one of the, that was Rosalie.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah it's funny I actually got an email today from one of my high school teachers. Um, Did you? Yeah she was actually which is a weird coincidence. Yeah. She just checked in. She just was asking how I was doing. And, um, I was saying to my partner, I was like the high school me was very (laughs) flustered to have someone sort of like check back in after all this time. Um, she was also really great. She was one of my coaches and I, (laughs) she was my role model for all of, of high school. So it was nice to hear from her again.
1: Yeah. But we'll keep that up. You yeah know, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah I try and visit when I'm back back home
1: so tell me how you'd like to start this and I'll lead you tell me what does what you want to know and I, it's not a smooth sail you know for people my age it was not smooth
0: <laughs> yeah which I'm super excited to sort of hear more about it obviously you sent me the bio and I, I read through that and stuff but I'm excited to sort of hear more. Um, but so to start, I will sort of introduce myself, do a land acknowledgement, and then we can kind of just get going from there. And so as you know, so my name's Madeline and I am a fourth year bio student at UVIC and I am also the director of communications for the Elect Her Club. And so Elect Her is sort of our goal is to promote women and people of marginalized genders to sort of aspire to be in positions of leadership. Um, Usually we've been focused more on politics, but this year we're sort of expanding just to women in leadership in general. Um, And so we do this sort of through events like this, uh, panel discussions, we've done a few just like networking events, things like that. Um, And so, yeah, we're super glad to have this sort of speaker series going as we're all online. So it's a good way to sort of keep the community involved. Um, And so before we get going, I'll just do a quick territorial acknowledgement. As I'm in UVic, I am, I'd like to acknowledge with respect that I live upon the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Wasanich peoples territory um, and that their vital relationships with the land continue to this day. And so that's sort of adopted from the UVic official one. And so with that, um, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Um, And if you'd like to give sort of a short introduction uh, and then we'll get going.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Virginia Watson-Rausland. I live in North Saanich. Uh, I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta. I met um, one of your colleagues, Alina, through the Canadian International Committee in Victoria, which is the largest in Canada. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of um, foreign service officers have moved out here rather than retiring in Ottawa in the <laughs> South. Um, Alina, and I met Alina because uh, she sat at my table at one of the lunches and she reminded me of students that I had worked with at the University of Cincinnati when I was in charge of student media And uh, it was quite an amazing ride for nine years for all of these kids who wanted to be good journalists and there was no journalism school. And I didn't have a lot of backup, but they were amazing. And some of them are still my friends and I know some of them are still working in journalism. So that's how I connected with Alina.
0: And so how did you end up in Cincinnati or at the University of
1: Cincinnati? Um, I uh, well, I, w- I started at the University of Alberta. I got a degree in political science. I was uh, active in the University of Alberta Liberal Party and I was the president one year and then um, I had a year of law school and then I left and I went to Toronto and I got a job in a publishing company. And I met my husband one weekend. He was at Cornell, which is just south of Toronto, but it's a very bad ride along the snowy. um, Anyway, we got married. We moved to um, New Jersey. I went to graduate school at Rutgers. And then we moved to Cincinnati, where I became a journalist.
0: And so at Rutgers, you did a master's in literature?
1: In Victorian literature, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. And so how did you sort of, when did you decide you're going to sort of transition from the law side into the journalism
1: side? Well, yeah, it's interesting um, because I majored in political science. Actually, the Victorians were the great political scientists. I mean, they wrote a lot. They thought a lot about um, what had happened uh, with respect to uh, Darwin and all of the changes that were happening in society. And they wrote a lot. It wasn't just literature. I mean, they were great essayists, and, um, I had some great professors at the internet to including a woman named Virginia tiger who came from, who got her degree at UBC. Oh, small world. Yeah. And she was, um, I did a special, my a master's, uh, Um, special thing was to do with her. And it was Canadian women um, writers who came, they were pioneer women writers. And they were, many of them um, were, uh, came from sort of the middle class of England or the upper middle class, but they married the sons who weren't number one who got the stuff. So they moved over, they thought, oh great, let's go to Canada, this will be fun. And here they were in the rough. So some of them would be um, Susanna Moody, you might've heard of her. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them were um, uh, like they were on the prairies, living in a terrible huts. Mm. They had no idea what they were coming to because the Canadian government and you know, said, come on down, you know, just prove it up and you'll be happy. And it was a very tough life for them. And uh, so I really, you know, I had a very happy life and I had a middle class life and I had no idea what my ancestors had to go through to get us there. So that's why I got involved into literature.
0: And then how did that sort of then head towards journalism?
1: Um, When, we moved to Cincinnati. I had written a couple of pieces. The one on the Victorian uh, women. Uh, two two pieces have been published. One in um, the Dalhousie Review. Do you hear that noise? I'm going like, to close the door. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Sorry. No, it's no worries. And I took it to the editor of Cincinnati Magazine, thinking he would say, well, what do you know, you know? So he said, would you like to do a story on the um, PBS station here? Which was the first station. And they never really, they were, they should have been doing a lot of really hard hitting journalism and they really were just talking about, you know, it's a lovely day out here. So that's how I started yeah and i became a staff writer Mm -hmm. and um i did stories on um the oldest longest running children's show called uncle Al's show oh yeah well i didn't know i knew nothing about children's television but i became very involved i i uh, interviewed uh, mr rogers and kangaroo yeah yeah it was uh but it was the show was a bad thing because it basically was all about the sponsors getting the kids to like whatever
0: Mm.
1: and um so they reneged they said I couldn't come with my boss's little girl to one of the uh, shows and Mm. went on from there anyway it was it was an interesting time uh, I moved on to uh, the, um, it's called WLW. It's a radio station and television station in Cincinnati. It's uh, WLW in the very early days of radio was a 500,000 watt station that hmm. became 50,000 watt station because the government would, wouldn't let it be larger. And that's where Doris Day Oh. Clooney, the mills brothers they all got their start wow yeah so i worked there um, i was a, a special uh news producer for um specials uh which included what women won't do to be beautiful
0: <laughs> very little
1: <laughs> well a lot i mean i was in a, i was in an operating room where we were a woman who was a very small woman that was having breast implants Mm. Yeah, and then I went over to the University of Cincinnati, which is where uh, whereby um, how I met people like Alina.
0: Right, and then you had mentioned um, that you were working in tr- a trade
1: office, is that correct? That's right, I'm just gonna, can I do this? I am... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the um, this would be in the mid to late 80s. The government of Canada it would be called External Affairs. <coughs> excuse me. Decided that they couldn't have. There were a lot of uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me embassies, cons, one embassy and consulates, and they were in big big cities, and they didn't have a lot of time to devote to. <laughs> excuse me, um, how to really figure out what a place ticks, which, which I would say Christy Freeland and her people have done. So they were really sort of solidified around, you know, consular issues, getting people, or in the case of Detroit, that so many things to do with the, the Great Lakes or transporter issues. So they wanted somebody who had a lot of uh, contacts or who could make contacts. And my territory would be Ohio, Kentucky and West Virginia. So that was interesting. So you know, you've heard of Mitch McConnell, right? Yes. (laughs) So there you go. This is when he was just kind of starting out and my job was to understand uh, the 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 Kentucky Canada trade issues, and did he know how much uh, trade issues um, supported people in his in his um, uh, in his state? And also, um, it wasn't just him, but there would have been other, uh, you know, other senators, one other senators, and a lot of Congress people. Now, in Kentucky, in those days. I think they had seven congressmen, and now they have five. So that tells you what's happening there. And I had to promote <clears throat> Canadian uh, culture, which has found a lot of trouble. Mm. I'm joking. <laughs> People loved, they loved Canadians, They. they who knew? <clears throat> and Canadian studies encouraging professors to begin or add Canadian uh portions to their, to their um, syllabus. And one of the big things that we did do was <clears throat> Kentucky was so open, as opposed in a way to, to Ohio, you know, <clears throat> like Cincinnati is a very old city. They've got this fabulous May festival and a, a, a symphony that is unrivaled and they've kind of got it all together and you have to find presenters Right. who want to take a chance on Canadian artists, and they were in West Virginia and Kentucky. So we did a five-day uh, Canada celebration in Kentucky. Wow. We had uh, the um, Le Grand Ballet Canadian. Oh. We had uh, two national public radio shows. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Wow. But they just, you know, Kentuckians were, and you know, there's a lot of uh, trade in uh, Canadian, uh, there was uh, Alcan aluminum mm. and uh, <clears throat> uh, Canadian mist, which um, you would think it's from Canada. I think it came on a tra- on a train and they bottled it there and they had a lot <laughs> of, you know, a lot of people got jobs. Um, And uh, one of the interesting things is when we moved here, somebody told me that one of the um, artists from the Great Western Orchestra, which was three guys um, from Alberta, had lived, who had moved here and we're now friends. Yeah, we all have Dean Park. (laughs) Wow, I did
0: not know Canada was so popular with people in Kentucky.
1: (laughs) Well, they didn't know, but they were always open. Yeah. Well, I think it was, um, I don't know what, I mean, that was just my little corner of the world. Um, uh, I, I worked with a lot of other people who were like in LA and they had to, they had very sophisticated networks and, but I had just started opening up networks because there really wasn't much going on. And by the way, there are 15 of us oh, who were former PERPA officers were called and we're having a, we found one another And we're having our our second Zoom meeting in a couple of weeks. People in Buffalo, in Atlanta, L.A. Wow. Yeah. That'll be so nice. How was the first one, if this is the second? The first one was interesting because we were all kind of getting together to see, well, what are you doing? Right. And some people looked fabulous. They looked, hadn't changed. And other people, you needed to see their name underneath. Right. Who they were. But that's, you know, it's been 20 years. So.
0: And then was that, was there anything sort of that came after that or was that your? Well, we'll
1: meet we- again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I think most of us, the only Canadians would be those who worked in the Detroit consulate and they lived in Windsor. Mm-hmm. So they, they commuted every day. So there'll be those. Um, a fellow who worked in San Francisco just moved to. Victoria. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's in Vic West and there's another fellow who is a, a lawyer in Edinburgh, but he works in Portland every two months. So the three of us uh, put it together. Uh, a lot of people are in Los Angeles. Even people who used to work in Ottawa Oh, in Los Angeles, yeah. So what we will be hearing on December 2nd will be about the election. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tears probably. probably. Right. <laughs> Hope. Hope, I Yes. Yeah.
0: Um well, you've had a very interesting career and I don't know, do we miss any big big parts of it in the little journey there? Sorry, what? Uh, do we is there any other sort of like parts of your career that we sort of missed? In that description? Um,
1: well, all along the way, I've been um, a freelance writer. Right. So I've written, um, I wrote about women in the locker room, which I'm very proud of. Now that's, gosh, that's 20 years ago. And um, this was a woman who was the, I think the San Diego paper, and she was assigned to the, um, the baseball team, whatever that was and uh, they, the, the players didn't like that and they, they left a dead rat in her locker. So oh. that was the beginning of a story about what these women were going through because they were all, they loved the game, but they had a deadline to meet. And so they couldn't wait outside while well, all the guys got the good stuff and then they would trot out somebody and then, you know, time's up. So, um, That's um, one of the things I wrote. I was very proud of that because at the time, they were very, um, this is before Zoom, this is before even, um, I think, I guess, email was invented then, but it was very hard for them to connect with one another. You know, from from Toronto, actually, uh, the woman who was the first assigned reporter to the Blue Jays was Allison something or other her name, and she was great. She said, I just did it. But the rest of them had to go through hell, and you know who? Uh, So that was baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. Oh, wow. And who do you think were the best players to cover? Take a guess. Basketball? Hockey. Really? The hockey players were so grateful to have a, any interest from a non-Canadian newspaper. They just they were very good to they were very good to these reporters and they understood their issues and they wanted to be kind. I know. One I was
0: has guessed that.
1: Yeah, I was I was amazed and then I I mean and then um One of the stories I did was about uh, for the television station was on alcoholic women. And I met a woman who helped establish a um, uh, she and another woman. um, A place for women alcoholics to talk without men. Because men used to overwhelm the whole conversation. So we became friends, and we wrote a number of things. And um, one of the things that we wrote was uh, My Mother Was Right. It's a book about baby boomer women and their mothers. <clears throat> so this would be like your grandmother, I think. Yeah. So our mothers were from the, um, you know, the 30s and the war, and they wanted us to be good girls and we objected to everything that they were saying. I think that's my, just hold on just a sec. Yeah, no worries. I'm sorry, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like something's going on. Anyway, the thing about the, my mother was right was that we argued with our mothers. We were very uh, obnoxious teenagers. Our mothers wanted us to, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a television show called um, Father Knows Best. Mm. Yes. Or, <laughs> and, um, you know, our moms did the best they could. They were, if you think about advertising, they were uh, bombarded by, um, I spent a lot of time in the old section of the uh, University of Cincinnati Library with old magazine covers or magazine stories such as uh, Ladies Home Journal. Mm. And this is where um, you would see ads saying, the woman is like this, oh my God, my husband brought home his boss and I have dishpan hands. Right. Um. As saying, nine out of 10 doctors recommend player cigarettes. But always the woman was uh, well attired. She would have, you know, a dress and a nice apron and heels. And that's, after the war, that's what they were asked to be. But in our survey, actually, it turns out that our mothers were very different from that they were they were they were very they didn't quite fit in that mold although they wanted to be in there and they tried to in their way teach us what else we could be doing with our lives and um, you know it was a revelation to us and um, one of the things that we learned of many things, is that our mother's taught us to be grateful and to be thankful and to say thanks. I don't know about you, but my mother always said, you have to write these thank you notes. (laughs) Well, doesn't she know I thank her? No, she doesn't. (laughs) Um, I mean, think about that for yourself. How many do you know who people somebody gives them something or thanks them for something and they just assume that you say thanks and that's, the deal is done. Oh, yeah. uh, but my, um, my friend who I co-wrote this with is a psychologist and she was on Oprah and oh, I was wow. on uh, a CBC. We did, we did about 50 radio and TV interviews. It was quite a ride and we also interviewed a lot of high profile canadian and some american women including um, karen kane from the national ballet oh wow of canada yeah and they were also they had a they had a mother who said you know in spite of this and this and this you can do it but they were unusual there was not a lot of um, there weren't a lot of people to hold up a beacon for you. So you had to find it where you could.
0: And so you had mentioned um, your grade 11 teacher, was that sort of who you held up as that person? Was there anyone else that sort of comes to mind or?
1: Uh, You know, I'm sad to say in the university, uh, University of Alberta, I would say the best, um, the, the person that was most um, instrumental in me wanting to carry on was a, a professor in the uh, university, sorry, in political science. He was a guy and he wrote one of my um, letters to get into graduate school. But we, I mean, the, you know, the idea was that you should pledge a sorority or, you know, should be a good girl and start picking out your, as you're graduating, you know, find the guy and pick out your, etc.
0: Right.
1: So, you know, it's interesting. I think it's very different now from the University of Alberta. I get a lot of, um, uh, today I got something about, um, look at this young woman. She's a, an undergraduate and she needs your support. Mm. Um, I mean, they're pretty active in trying to get uh, uni- University of Alberta graduates to um, help them. And so
0: over your very varied career, um, what would you say is sort of like the biggest obstacle that you had to face? I know you said it wasn't smooth sailing so there might be more than one, but.
1: Well, I think it was, um, I think for our mothers, they wanted us to have an easier life than they had had. Now, my mom was a school teacher and she had to go back when my dad lost his job um, when I was in grade seven. So she was still, you know, making sure that the breakfast table was set. So she had that done. She had to have all of her schoolwork done for the next day. My dad came home. He was a great guy. He was a former sports reporter. and But it was my mother's job. And I think They were conflicted about do we want our daughters to just marry a nice lawyer and settle down I think they did. But on the other hand, they themselves had to go through so much. So I think that was imprinted on many of us is that we didn't have to just settle. Um, Let me think what else would have been, I I guess. I think about law school, and that was so amazingly uh, tough, because we weren't good girls. I mean, one of my friends wore a leather jacket to classes, and we were expected to, with our student fee, which was higher than when you were an undergraduate, to take the dean's wife out for dinner. Well, okay, so you laugh. Yeah, sorry. the guys had hired this great band uh, over, I think it was somewhere in a a hall somewhere in Northeastern Edmonton. And we said, no, no, we're not taking her out for dinner. We're going to have a party. (laughs) So, but we didn't have a lot of, um, I think for, for young women now, I know it's not easy. But we were just trying to kind of invent ourselves. There really was no guidelines. I mean, there might have been there might have been great role models. Like, I'm not even sure who the Canadians would have been. Maybe if you were an American, it would have been Eleanor Roosevelt. But um, you were just kind of do your thing.
0: Yeah, your generation. Good
1: luck to you, baby. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well your generation sort of set the at least started some trails for us so i think it's well, definitely we're happy great.
1: to do that i thank god because we don't want everybody to just say i'm happy because i met the right guy and you know i'm gonna settle down and
0: yeah that's actually you
1: can even <laughs> afford a house now <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> as I said, I'm in both my living room, kitchen, and dining room at one time, so <laughs> yeah. kind of gives an idea of.
1: It looks good from the background there, it's looking well, good. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> nice plant.
0: Yeah, they're pepper plants, actually, so I was very proud of them, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's definitely different um, for our generation than it would have been for yours, and then obviously for for your parents as well. It's it's been interesting talking to, to all the women that I've been able to talk to through this series. Um, just
1: what do you want to do with this when you're, you're, are you looking for particular kinds of people of any age or generation or?
0: <clears throat> so we started out with just Victoria and sort of just political uh, figures and And that was great. And it was super interesting. Uh, we had Nadine Nakagawa. Um, she was our first speaker and she's the city councilor out in new Westminster. Um, and so that was really interesting having her. Um, but then we started, started to, to ask around for, for recommendations. And there was just so many women that were put forward as recommendations that were not necessarily within those parameters, but being a little bit selfish on my part. I was like, I'm going to interview them anyways, because I would like to hear their story. Um, and so now uh, we've essentially expanded to all women and people of marginalized genders in essentially any position of, of leadership or just of, of interest, really. Um, like I said, I'm in biology, and we have uh, a wide array of people who are in our club and so that's good. Yeah, no, it's great. And we wanna provide as much inspiration as possible and sort of give everybody an idea of, of what's out there, how they got there um, and sort of provide inspiration in, in different
1: ways. I would just say when you, uh, you asked me a bit, I touched upon my political involvement. You know, I obviously was not I did not become an American citizen <clears throat> and I um, always was, most of my life, you know, obviously not a Republican, but I couldn't, um, especially when I worked for the Canadian government, you had to be very um, neutral, right? but absorb a lot of information and know what you thought. Um, but I would say when I moved back to Canada, I became, um, especially, I think it's very hard on Vancouver Island, but I became a liberal again, because I really believed in what I had learned growing up. Uh, the be- I mean, they're not saints involved here, but I think um, the center, I don't see a center now in the United States. And actually, I don't see a center on Vancouver Island. I see it's um, pretty much green or orange or you know we have to have a way Uh, this is a larger issue about understanding the other point of view and i i have to say that i don't think i would do very well right now talking to a republican but you know well, 72 million of them voted for you know you know who but i think um that's what's happening now to our world, even though that's in the United States. But when I was doing calling in this last election, I have to tell you that people, when I told them I was calling on behalf of the liberal um, uh, candidate in uh, Saanich, North Islands, they were really rude, mm. hanging up on me. And, I, you know, another woman that was doing calling who's lived a long time, long time not me said there's something seeping over the border here and it's this uh, do you know what I'm talking about it's just this anger and I don't want to hear the other person and it's all a plot or
0: yeah my I was raised in a very conservative family Um, yes very Alberta oil and gas and that's fine (laughs) (laughs) but then moving out to BC was a bit of a a culture shock yeah (laughs) Um, and sort of since then I've definitely changed my viewpoint Um, and it's interesting going home at breaks and at Christmas or in in the summers as well because I do feel that there has been sort of something that has come across the border um, some sort of atmosphere (laughs) and it makes family discussions about politics yeah. interesting Even <laughs>
1: you know, when i was growing up my parents voted for the liberals i never knew anybody else who did right um but there you were i mean um and i think here i think it's <clears throat> some of the same thing you know i mean it's not the same thing about i understand what you're saying about uh, conservative albertans um, but there's a lot of the, we've got it all right here. We've got the answers here. And it's, you know, you've got to do what we want you to do or the world will be in flames. And I think for young people like yourselves, as older people, it's harder and harder to listen to the other thing, but you should be able to do that better than we can. I,
0: I try my best. to <laughs> to keep yeah. all sides in mind, but it is sometimes it's harder than others.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been fun talking to you. Yeah, you as well. Um I'm delighted to meet you.
0: Yeah, I wish we, we could have done this in person, but
1: yeah. Unavoidable. Today's today's um Donnie bon- Dr. Bonnie. That's uh tough.
0: Yeah, one, um, obviously, it's across the country now, so I thought the island was doing better than it is. So that was a bit of a news flash for me today. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> been living in a little bit. A lot of uh, these are people coming to the island.
0: I could see that. It's hard when we're the only sort of tropical vacation <laughs> of yeah, I know we get now. <laughs> But, I mean, have been living in a pretty good bubble at my house, so doing our best.
1: And you, all your classes are online? Or no, you can't do that, can you, if you're a biology major? So, I
0: don't have any more. I have a few labs, but they're online. Um, I do have one seminar that's in person, actually. Um, but there's only 22 of us, and we're in like a 300-person lecture hall, so... have a fair amount of space. (laughs) Um, And then I actually do, I'm doing my honors this year. So I do some lab work, but um, it's only my supervisor, a postdoc, and then me. So it's pretty quiet in there as well. But those are my two human contacts for the week, (laughs) which is always nice to have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know, I was, uh, Lena was telling me about uh, <clears throat> the people she knew that who were still taking all classes like in law school, it just sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. even, I feel really bad for the first year university students where this will be their first experience of what should be a hectic but fun
1: time with many people. people. Yeah, yeah, many people my best friend, and she's uh, in uh, Vancouver. She's a psychiatrist, and she was my roommate in first year university. So that's what you'll be missing, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I would probably defer, in all honesty, if I was entering my first year, I might take a year off just because obviously, I learned things in first year. But (laughs) um, I feel like the more important thing was building those sort of Social relationships. Even with this club, like with Elector, we had quite a long meeting talking about it at the beginning of the year because we were like, How are we going to connect with new members? Being like, Come on this Zoom call with a whole set of strangers. This is as great as we're gonna get as far as like social That's connection goes. It's definitely been a That's tough. Yeah, it's I've it's a year of innovation—that's for sure. Well, good
1: for you. So you're not letting it stop you.
0: We're trying our best. <laughs> but
1: well, good luck on your on your um, project. I guess is that it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, we will be posting the interview probably probably in a month because um, we just have a set lined up to post. Um, but I'll send you an email with it. And again, thank you so much for, for doing this call with me. I really do appreciate it. And
1: You're very welcome.
0: If, um, if anyone has any questions, do you mind if I just forward them on over to you? Sure. Amazing. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.
0: Have a good rest of your evening, night. You too. <laughs> Thanks so much. Good night. Good night.